We the bestest cast with the left twist. Fat, fairly well dressed. Put me on the guest list. The guest list. Uh, yeah, on the guest list. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, on the guest list today, for the first time ever, my L.A. hat actually makes sense because we have a West Coast legend in the building today, a pioneer, a rapper, a rock and roll Hall of Famer, actor, and founder of the Big Three Basketball League. We got Ice Cube on the podcast today. Ice, how are you, yeah, baby? Yeah, what's happening with you? Oh, my God, man. Yo, it's an absolute honor to have you here today, and we have so much to talk about, but obviously we're going to start out with why you're in Chicago, the Big Three. It's a big year for the league. It's the fifth year. You guys are on CBS, Paramount Plus. You got big names joining the league. Did you possibly think in 2017 you guys would be going this high? We hope so. You know, we we didn't just do this to think like, okay, it's gonna be a a, a one year tournament. It's gonna be cool, and we we're gonna have fun. Now, we didn't know if dudes was gonna play or not. So that's what we was like worried about. We was like, are these dudes actually? Are they gonna fuck around and do it? pickup game are they gonna um treat it like an all-star game or are they gonna really play but uh steven jackson set the tone he was like <laughs> i ain't got no friends here i'm going at you you better come at me we better do this for real so we was like okay they're they gonna play for real you know and um and we just knew okay if they play for real we got a league that can last, you know. The NBA been here 75 years. We got a league that can last 75 years. You know, we, we got something that can really snowball if they play for real. And, they, and they're and they playing for real. And I was there on Saturday. Um, I couldn't make it Sunday. I wanted to go Sunday. It was Father's Day. I had to go do dad shit. But um, I have always – everybody knows that, and I was telling you this prior to you hopping on that, basketball is like my third, fourth sport. I, I like basketball. I enjoy watching basketball. I'm not, like, emotionally indebted to basketball. This style of basketball was so much more entertaining for a casual fan like me because it's super fast-paced. Yes. They were actually playing hard. Like, guys were taking charges. Like, it was no bullshit. Like you said, I just assumed, like – I mean, these guys all have millions in – a lot of them have mil millions in their pocket, you know? Why would they need to play three and three basketball? They were playing their fucking ball sacks off. Yeah, and it was it was fun to watch. It was just one game after the other. Games last about an hour or so. Yeah, uh, first of fifty, really cool rules, and I enjoyed every second of being there. And now you guys got gambling coming. Yeah. So Ooh. if you are a gambling fan, which I love gambling, it is right up your alley because you're going to be able to bet on on so many different things like if if it's a 15 point game with you know a couple points left to score you only played a 50 you might be able to get a really good value bet because in a handful of possessions that game could be over on the team that was down 15 side you know so i loved it i it was super entertaining um speaking with hannah she said that you guys are selling out like big ass arenas around the country and everything which is awesome testament to what you've built in the last how, how old is the league now the league is five years old five years it, yeah. it would have been six years old but we couldn't have a season in yeah, 2020 mm -hmm. and it, it really uh messed up our momentum but but like you said you know the guys they play hard you know i think the rules are very um entertaining yes to watch definitely entertaining for them to play you know they love playing our rules you know they play hard because they still got that competitive juice you know yeah, they still yeah, got yeah. that chip on their shoulder they still want to you know uh bust 
players' ass, you know, on the court <laughs> and do that thing, and and um and and they still want to show the world that just because the NBA said they're done, they're not done. You know, basketball. You know, the NBA is great, but they don't own basketball. They play basketball. Mm -hmm. You know, basketball is for everybody, and if you still can play. It's not really up to them to say you can't. You know, a lot of a lot of our guys play overseas. Um, you see three games, you know, in the same amount of time as you can see one NBA game. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. the games are fast. You know, if you are betting, you know, it, it is like you can see half the league. Well, you can see the whole league in a weekend, and and you know, and it's great because at least you know your results. So, I just think we get we got the perfect sport for the perfect time. Mm -hmm. And it's a social media, and I I personally hate social media because I think it's just all negative bullshit, but <laughs> on the good half of social media, you guys, this is social media, like, viral sensation, like, alley-oops and, and, and just how quick, like, backdoor cuts and all that shit, it's... it's Built yeah, for and the four social point media shots. Yeah, we have four-point four point shots in the league, which is... Who came up with that hey, idea? Hey, I'm telling you what, the NBA is going to take that from you guys in a few I years. really think they are. I mean, they should. It's, it's a great thing. Um... <laughs> But if they do a line, they're making a mistake. We do circles. Mm. We do three, four point circles, because for one, I know where I know where you got that. You, by you, way. Yeah, yeah, that we, you know where I got that from. Rock and Jock. No, not Rock. Where'd you, where'd you <laughs> get it from? No, not Rock and Jock. I got that from the Harlem Globetrotters used a four point circle for I don't know for for a year or two. I don't know, and then they moved to a line, which was a mistake. The circle, the reason why the circle is brilliant because you can defend it. Right. You can actually get to the circle at the same time as a guy is trying to get to the circle. And all you need is a toenail to, to touch the circle for it to be a four-point shot. So I didn't want people taking 100 four-point shots, you know. <laughs> I wanted it to be a, a, you know, part of strategy, you know, you know maybe – three, four game, That's you know, right. not something where there people are a couple of hiking up 12 and 13 of those, you know, because when they go in, they great. <laughs> you know, when they brick, you know, it, you know, it breaks the glass. So <laughs> we, it's manageable with, with three, four-point circles. And, you know, guys use it. it it's, it's brought guys back, you know, with no, with no time clock, you can always come back. There's no garbage minutes because there's no minutes. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, there's just a 14 second shot clock. What yeah, Dave was what Dave was touching on with the social media stuff, which you guys are killing, killing it with yeah. that. The other thing that I want to ask is, how did you do such a good job at getting the guys that are involved in the league to buy in and really help push and promote it? Because you guys do such a good job at, you know. Uh, leveraging their individual followings to you know kind of boost the brand as a whole they love the league you know for one they you know a lot of them they walk away from the nba a little bitter at the nba um because of just the, the structure and the way things are we want it to be different we wanted it to be a player friendly league for real the players have a lot of control you know, our player captains are basically our GMs. They can pick who they want, them and their coach. Um, our coaches are Hall of Fame, yep. um, NBA 
players like Dr. J and Iceman, George Gervin, uh, Rick Berry, you know, Nancy Lieberman, um, Gary Payton, uh, Michael Cooper. So we got guys who, you know, they, they love the NBA. They had their time, but they wasn't really there when the NBA kind of started to blow up and, 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 you know, all the money started flowing, you know? (laughs) So, you know, with the big three, they, they own a piece of the league, you know, so they, they're more invested. If the league, you know, does what it's supposed to do, you know, they could definitely, um, you know, make a lot of money, you know, um, in success. So I just think they are more invested because, you know, the league is more invested in them. One thing that I think is really cool that we got to talk about is there's not like a Chicago team and an L.A. team and a Dallas team or New York team. It's it's basically a traveling circuit. Mm-hmm. So you're not necessarily you, you can obviously pick a team root for them. If you have like, you know, I'm looking at uh, Three's company, um, Julian Wright. He's a Chicago guy. So as soon as I saw Julian, I'm like, that's Julian Wright. He's in this league. That's sweet. Like he's automatically I'm like, I want to see what that guy's doing or that team's doing because. I got that emotional tie to him, but um, you got a weekend of entertainment. You, I don't know if this is a case for all the venues, but UIC Pavilion sells alcohol, cheap alcohol. There you go. <laughs> if you want to bring the family out for two days to get the kids or whatever, dude, this is the way to go. It's the way no to doubt. go. No doubt about it. You're They're watching really, really good entertainment. What, you know, um, we didn't want to connect to cities. Mm-hmm. You know, my... Mm-hmm. The co-founder, my partner, Jeff Quinance, you know, we've been, you know, in the trenches for over 25 years together, just trying to figure out this entertainment business. Well, he's from New York, and he dies with the Knicks every year. You yeah. know, I'm like, dude. <laughs> yeah, literally. If you was just from <laughs> L.A., you would have a better time with basketball. You know what I mean? You would love basketball a little more. So... We was like, you know, how many people are connected to teams just because the team is in the city that they live in? And, you know, we're in a world of fantasy. We're in a world of, of uh, you know, people really following players from team to team. We saw that with LeBron, you mm-hmm. know, um, that you don't have to connect these teams to cities. You want to connect them to fans. And now we're connected to – you know, communities like the, these NFT communities that are huge with a lot of enthusiasm. And now they are part of the league and, you know, the the synergy that you get from all this talent and all these people from all these different walks of life now injected into the league mm-hmm. is, is great. And so we just felt like it was a, you know, it, it was it's the future and, and connecting to cities feels like the past i think it's gonna i don't know how long it's gonna take i don't want to put a time frame on it but within the next few years you guys are going to be doing very very well yeah where um, do you see the league in five years from now we want to expand you know we got 12 teams now you know we'd love to go to 16 and, and and maybe even more by you know by then um you know we leave a lot of talent on the sideline we had over 120 players fighting for 22 spots holy shit you know so it's just like an immense amount of talent just waiting to play they're in our draft pool and you know somebody get hurt you go in the pool and pick one of them but we want more teams to be able to to uh you know showcase all this talent that 
you know, just be, just because you don't make it in the NBA, that don't mean you're not that quality. Right. Um, it's a numbers game. And so um, we would love to do, you know, what we think we can pull off called the Big Cup, you know, which is inviting three-on-three teams from all over the world to compete, you know, in, in kind of like a World Cup, you know, event with the big three rules, you know. So we got big dreams. Have you guys gotten – I guess they would be technically a competitor right now, but uh, with FIBA? Not really. You know, that's amateur um, three-on-three. We're professional three-on-three, so, you know, it's like the NBA. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, you know, we don't we don't even look at them as okay. in the same Cube on, Cube, on a talent basis, I do have a question. Because I'm, I'm probably the biggest basketball guy of the podcast, right? Definitely. Like, talent-wise... Because I have one person I think would be fucking absolutely perfect for the big three. Is there like a dream get for you guys? Because mine is Jamal Crawford. I think Jamal Crawford would be an absolute star he, in the big would. three. He would. Yeah, I've been trying to get him for about four years now. <laughs> um, he has his own um, pro-am mm. um, tournament that he does in Seattle around the same time as the big three. So he hasn't played. You know, at this point, we've been around five years. Everybody knows about us, you know, and mm. people that really want to play, that really got that chip on their shoulder, uh, usually find us, you know, at this point. Mm. And um, we we do recruit, you know, I, I do get on the phone and try to get guys to play, but I feel like if I got to chase you, mm. you know, I don't know if that's the guys yeah, we want. Right. You know, we want the guys that are chasing you know, the league and want to be a part of it, whether they get a call from me or not. Um, you know, we want your game. We don't really care about your name. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, can, go ahead, last Dave. question I got on, on this is, so if you're recruiting a player, like throw out Jamal Crawford, do you just mm -hmm. hop on the phone, like cell phone, hey, this is Q, like come play for me. Like do you got that <laughs> amount of sales like behind your name? Well, I am the best recruiter in the country, I tell you that. I got some of the greatest <laughs> guys in the world playing in my league. Um, we teared up a little little more than that. You know, I got our guy Thomas Scott, who's Byron Scott's son. He's the, oh, wow. the head of basketball yeah. operations. And uh, he usually gets some kind of indication if a guy, you know, is on the fence. And if he is, you know, I'll give him a call and let him know you know, how he's going to be treated in the big three. You know, what they like about our league is you can be yourself. You know, nobody's going to – these are grown men. Right. We ain't getting you when you're a kid. You you know, you're a grown man when we get you. So, no babysitting. You know, you come in and be yourself. Nobody's going to tee you up for getting emotional. Well, well, that's a good way to lead into Kenny's question. That leads me to my one and only question about the league. What's the weed regulations on players in the big three? <laughs> what do you mean? You guys well, drug like, testing, piss we, testing? We support CBD. We we was the first league to allow CBD use in in, yeah. Yeah. in uh, pro sports. Now everybody's doing it. I see Major yep. League Baseball just did it. Yep. Uh, so, you know, our policy is um, come play. If you look like you can't play, we won't let you play. Right, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good to know. What I about mean, steroids? I mean, you guys pro steroids? Yeah. Uh, not pro steroids. <laughs> not at all. Um, you know, 
come ready to play. If you look like you, you know, Lou Ferrigno, we might (laughs) (laughs) pull you to the side and say, not today, buddy. Don't pass me the ball. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So look, we 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 are a music podcast first and foremost, right? And I have just a fucking litany of questions to go Come over on with your it, career. Man. And, Come all right, on good. This is what this is what the fuck I'm talking about. All right. So first and foremost, like just as a transition out of that, right? Honestly, you could have stayed a rapper, stayed an artist, and just been a legend. And one of the greatest to ever do it. But you diversified. You went mm-hmm. into movies, you obviously went into the big three. What was the impetus behind going past just music what was it the split from nwa and the ownership side of things where you were like maybe i need to rethink this entire situation or was that always an aspiration of yours no no it's all based on creativity you know i love to create at a high level um music is creating at at a high level um when you're putting out records and um you know doing movies is creating at a high level uh so it's really about my creative juices and what I want to, you know, creatively be a part of or or produce or create. And that's where it all starts from. That's where the diversity comes from. Um, you know, at first I just wanted to be the best rapper in the world. You know, I was satisfied with that. And I met John Singleton um, mm-hmm. in 1989. And... Uh, he pursued me. Well, I met him in 88, actually, and he pursued me for a couple of years to do Boys in the Hood. Mm. And so I did it, and great experience. You know, the movie went to the Cannes Film Festival mm-hmm. in France. I didn't think they was going to understand the movie. You know what I mean? I was out in France like, damn. <laughs> I said, subtitles, John? He's like, yeah, this is going to be subtitles. <laughs> French subtitles? Yeah, I'm like, Better than overdubs. And we got a standing ovation, you know, and I'm like, whoa, you know, if they love it here, they're going to love it in, in the States. And um, and so that just got my movie juices going. And so, you know, I had acted in a few movies, but I didn't, never found a script as good as Boys in the Hood. And, and John was like, you're not going to find one as good as goodest boys in the hood unless you write one and i was like right he was like yep you he said if you can write a rap like that you can write a movie like that so that got me on the writing tip first two movies i wrote were they were trash it was three (laughs) i wrote a movie called america eats this young which i got off of a Funkadelic album cover, the name. Then I wrote another movie called Defense. And uh, the third movie I wrote was Friday with with DJ Pooh. And then by then I was good enough, you know. The Mm. first two I was still trying to get good. What's harder, writing a rap album or writing a screenplay? A screenplay. um, Because there's so many, you know, there's disciplines you have to follow to, to actually you know come out with with a with a you know a screenplay that people can understand mm-hmm. um but with a song you know it's feeling it's gut you know you can really do it in a day you could do it in an hour you could do it in a, two days a week you know 
But it's a, a good script is going to take you, you know, at least a month, you know, maybe two, three months to get it. Sometimes years even. Yeah. Sometimes it takes years to get it made. Mm -hmm. Script, mm. You, you write it and you can have it perfect and it takes years for somebody to see that this is a good movie. Uh, Ride Along is a movie mm. that sat for over 10, 12 years before me and me and uh, Kevin did it. Yeah, I had what was the reason for that? You guys just both too busy? No, New Line, <laughs> New Line <laughs> Cinema said, uh, this is an action movie, two black stars, this won't work. I'm like, what about Bad Boys? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, <laughs> what about Bad Boys? Uh, so uh, Kevin, you know, was starting to blow up. I had already worked with uh, Tim Story. Will Packer was coming up as a producer. He had worked with Kevin. So, and Tim. So we actually just took the movie from New Line and we was like, well, if you guys don't want to do it, Universal would do the movie. And so they gave it to Universal and they did the movie and they made $120 million. There you, you know? go. <laughs> the rest is history, yeah. right? New Line, come on, man. I mean, you're, you're always ahead of the curve. You really are. Like, even when you go back to, like, leaving NWA and you go and work with the Bomb Squad and you work with Public Enemy, like, I feel like you always have a vision a little bit down the road. Like, have you always felt that, like, been fearless in that capacity to just say, like, I think this is the right move. People will yeah. follow eventually, but I'm going to go do it. Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes being ahead of the curve is not a good thing, you know, because it's like people think you're crazy. And then three years later, they'd be like, oh, man, that was your best shit. You know, you're like, dude, what are you talking about? Um, I told you. Yeah, yeah. You know, so sometimes being ahead of the curve is is just as bad as being behind the curve. And so, yeah, sometimes I find myself ahead of the curve but not wanting to actually be there. Like, <laughs> I wish everybody was right there with me, you know what I mean, at the same time. Um, but, but it happens, and – you know, you just roll with it. You just figure, okay, you know, either people will catch up or or they won't. You know, um, I started to look at what I do like uh, like a painting on the wall. You know, you know, I paint the shit, I put it up there, and I'm gone. Like if you hate it when you walk by or you love it, that's a personal problem. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like off to the next. You know that's what I mean? Thing. You, you yeah. got to deal with it. It's there and. Um, I got a writing question before I get too far away from writing. Uh, you know, it's a well-known fact that you wrote most of, if not all, you know, easy stuff and NWA lyrics and stuff like that. I'm curious if you see a lot of ghost writing still in rap and hip hop these days, or if that's kind of tinkered off because it's still big and rock and alternative and all that stuff and pop. But like, I'm wondering in the rap and hip hop game, if, is there still a lot of ghost writing that you see or feel that there's there? I'm pretty sure, you know, I'm pretty sure a lot of it's still going on. Um, you know, I did have help with those records. You know what I mean? I got to give a shout out to the DLC yeah, and MC it. Ren, mm. uh, who put in a lot of work. Uh, DLC put in more work than he gets credit for on, on, on some of, you know, on a lot of that easy does it first album. Um, but, it, but at the end of the day, you know, it's a part of music. It's not about, you know, with rap, I think you're more respected if you write and, you know, do your own stuff. I think that's a true MC is somebody who writes and raps. You know, vocalists, you know, those those are, 
you always gonna have vocalists. So with, with every type of music, even rap. So some dudes are vocalists. You know, they got they can say everything right, yeah. but they can't write anything. And so yeah, to me, when it's about records, it's not about how you get to the final product. It's a really it's just all about what comes out the speaker. That's that's the only thing that matters is what comes. That out seems the like speaker. something that hasn't changed over 20, 30 years. It matters what's coming out the speakers. And and to that to that point, um, you know, as one of the most notorious old school rappers in the game, there's drill beats and trap hats and all that stuff these days in modern hip hop. Does any of that stuff do anything for you or does it bug the shit out of you? <laughs> Great question. I mean, it's like hip hop always been, you know, some of it's great, some of it's trash. I mean, it's right. been like that since 1979. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> it's never changed. And that's just music. Mm -hmm. That's all uh, types of music. Some of it's great, some of it's trash. And I, I feel the same way about my era. I feel the same way about the era after mine, before mine. And, you know, some of it's great, you know, some of it's trash. And, you know, and yeah. the beat goes on. You know what I mean? Yeah. It doesn't bother me at all. You know, everybody has their own era. When you say your yeah. era, though, I mean, you, you're you still putting quality stuff out. I mean, this Mount Rushmore, or sorry, Westmore, <laughs> yeah. which is a great, <laughs> great play on words, by the thank way. You. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a uh, first album on the new Death Row, right? Yeah, you know, it's uh, a record that we put out in the metaverse. Um, we put it out on uh, Gala Music. Yep, uh, and Gala Music has a deal with Death Row, and it's tied into NFTs, right? Tied into NFTs because we have, you know, great, uh, you know, interaction with the fans. You know, you get a little extra if you uh, if you're a part of the NFTs. We're gonna release it in the universe, you know, so the record is gonna come <laughs> out where everybody can hear it. But right now, it's in, it's in the metaverse, and um, you do know, you, we do you always think that was doing a, something a new and fresh. Do you think that was a sentence you would have ever thought you would say? Yeah, you'd have to yeah. release it into the universe and not the metaverse. I would. I never thought I would have to say that, but um, <laughs> that was the only way that we could keep up with what we were doing. We was like, "Is this metaverse? Or this universe? Which one we at? Which one we at? <laughs> this one metaverse. We got one for the universe." And so, um, yeah, it's a crazy time. Uh, but hey, you know, you you in entertainment, you better learn how to ride the waves that's coming it's back to you always being ahead of the curve though and it's mm. not just i mean with the music and the movies and the basketball league but with your music you've always been I, people love to say you know experimental but you know you were one of the first rappers to work with you know hard rock band like corn yep i have records with you with paul oakenfold Tiesto, I think you guys did a song what? for like the Blade soundtrack or something. Yeah. Like not yeah. like I got a record with David Bowie too. Yeah. yeah. So I forgot like, about that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So I mean, nowadays that's kind of like the trendy thing to do, but you were doing this when it was like unheard of. Was that a strategic thing or were you just like I don't give a fuck. I'll do whatever sounds good. Um you know, I just want to kind of work with creative people. I love creative people. You know, and I seen like people that I respected doing it, you know, like Chuck D working with Anthrax, mm -hmm. you know, my man Ice T. He got his own group with Body Count. Yep. Ice T the first person that told that told me, 
man, you should do the Lollapalooza tour, you know. Um, mm-hmm. If they ask you to do it, do it. Because he's the first rapper to ever do it. And he was like, uh, I water. But he was like, uh, yo, you should do this shit because it's dope. And I was like, man, it's, it's alternative, you know. It's, yeah. it's uh, you know, it was, it was Chili Peppers. It was, you know, Jesus and Mary Chain. It was, uh, you it's know, like ministry, he- you know, and, um, so I was like, uh, you know, I'm going to try it. He was like, yo, you're going to be the alternative to the alternative, man. Just just give them, a, give them a hip-hop show. A lot of these people ain't never been, probably ain't never going. So this is your chance to show them what it's all about. And um, and so I started to be cool with a lot of the guys, uh, you know, the Chili Peppers. They came and they was in my Wicked video. Um you know, I got Flea to play on a record uh, for me, play the b- bass line for me. Then, um, and then my guy Jeff started working with Corn, uh, and we hit it off because they had a lot of, you know, hip hop influence and in, in, in what they was creating. It was a, it was a, you know, a mesh that you really never heard before. So, I just wanted to be in on it. You know, I just wanted to do something dope and show that I was. You know more than uh you know a gangster rapper that i could you know rock all crowds and you know i can rock even with the rockers you know and uh mm-hmm. it's been fun to to take my career this way because it didn't pigeonhole it didn't pigeonhole for sure and it, it i gotta open people's eyes to what i could do i gotta say it's so commendable the when artists from two different genres are able to whatever put whatever aside and blend together because I had the pleasure of touring with your boy with your boy Chuck D and Prophets of Rage. I got to open for that first run, um, and it was you know Rage Against the Machine with Chuck and B, and the Rage Against the Machine fans, heavy hard rock crazy fans, and in the middle of the set they would leave and just Chuck and B Real would do their songs in the middle, and it would almost go harder with the same rock crowd so it's like the fans have always wanted the blend it's always yes. wanted it to happen and so when those kind of blends and mixes happen man it makes makes the world happy i agree you know people you know it's nothing like being exposed to something that you never thought you was gonna like you know it's yeah. kind of mm-hmm. like oh damn this is crazy like going on those tours family value tours oh yeah you know uh with you know, we was de- out there with Ramstein, and and Yo, you know, they, they set themselves on fire. We was like, these They're these motherfuckers psychos. crazy. <laughs> they, they 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 set themselves on fire on the stage. You know, in the middle of they show. You know, they got all this you know liquid, you know fire yeah, retardant yeah. shit. You know, they it's like man, you See, gotta love them. Seeing guys with Liberty Spike mohawks headbanging and windmilling, and then Chuck comes out and goes, face, and they're all just like, <laughs> headbanging and raging. Like, it's the most beautiful sight. I love it so much. Cube, who would you say is like, you're a man of many tastes? Like, if there was one thing that people wouldn't expect you to be listening to, like, you're just driving your car, you're listening to something random. Like, what's a random artist that you love? Um, Shit, man, it's it's old school, but <laughs> like, are you like, listening to like some like Shania Twain or some random <laughs> shit that we would never expect? No, but I'll bump Culture Club. 
There you go. Yeah, I will yeah. bump Culture Club. Yeah, you know they got they got hits. Tumble for you. Yeah, you know they got they got hits. You know what I mean? So that's I guess that would be you know some some people wouldn't think, but uh, yeah, Culture Club they bang. If I, you could work with any uh, artist or band from any any genre, not rap, from all all decades, who would it be that you haven't worked with yet? Man. Like Bob, anything from Beatles dead, to... Dead or Alive. Yeah, Dead or Alive. Bob Marley. Bob Marley. That's, yeah. yeah, it's a good Such a I love to do a song with Bob Marley. Yeah. Yeah, he, I got, I got like a note, too. My favorites. Besides yourself, best, best rapper of all time. Go. Wow. <laughs> um, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to beat Lil Wayne. Yeah. Ooh, it's, it's just hard. Lil Wayne, I just think he... You know, is is his brains know, great. on another yeah, level, he, man? Yeah, exactly. His metaphors are, you know, otherworldly. So and talking about writing, he. I've, so I know, so I hear he doesn't write shit down. It's all he's in the booth, no pad, no pen, just going. Just an amazing talent, you know. Um, as far as lyrics and can make hits, you know, um, has been, you know copied and you know all these dudes are nothing but clones of Lil Wayne yep. at the yep. end of the day um and so I just think he uh besides myself you know of course yeah, I've done so much for the culture but but uh <laughs> but yeah yeah he's dope that's awesome who, who won like because I'm a big west coast hip-hop guy right so it's gone through so many phases because there's obviously you guys to start out and then there's Tupac's and, and the Snoops of the world. Then you got like Game, Nipsey, and then you go Kendrick, Dom Kennedy, Schoolboy Q, and now you have like Shoreline Mafia, 03 Greedo. Like who interests you today on the West Coast that maybe people don't know about at this point? Um, I don't know. You know, I, I, mm. don't, I, don't, I don't keep up like that no more. You know what I mean? I'm mm. just... I'm doing so many different things. You know, my, my son's got to let me know who from where. Because everybody using that damn auto-tunes. Yep. And I can't understand. I don't know who from where. You know, it's like everybody sound <laughs> the exact same. So um, I just ain't up on it like that. Just because I got, you know, I'm an octopus right now. You so are. I just, <laughs> you are, uh, seriously. Yeah. Maybe I should care enough. You know, I don't care enough. What? You don't have to. You're a legend. Hey, you know, um, I mean, I, yeah. I wish I did know everything that was <laughs> popping at every moment. But, you know, at a certain point, you start to focus on your future and the future of your kids. Now I got a granddaughter, so congrats, congrats thinking of congrats. her future. Appreciate it. So I had a list. I do this with a lot of my interviews. Uh, could be athlete, whoever, just rapid fire questions. You just brought up you got a granddaughter now. One thing I like to do when we have, it could be Brian Erlach or whoever in the office, is kind of bring them to a human level because we're in the midst of an A-lister, obviously. What's the most pissed off on a dad level you've ever gotten at O'Shea, your son? <laughs> Just like, you know, he fucking left the car running and I don't know, something stupid. Um, I mean, he got arrested. You know what I mean? <laughs> My he got arrested. Me up from the clink twice. <laughs> yeah, you know, so I was I was mad at him about it because you know I told him about it and he didn't listen and you know it happens, you know. But 
he didn't know I was that mad at him. You know what I mean? Because I want, when my kids get in trouble, I want them to call me. I don't want right. him to be thinking I need to figure out how to not let him know this happened. I want him to call me. So I didn't, I didn't trip, but his mama know how mad I was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, me and her was, we was talking about it. You know, she was mad too. So, um, Yo, Speaking of your your son, I was just watching Obi Wan Kenobi. What a surprise! Dude, yeah, yeah. Out. I was like, "Yo, that's fucking my shit. That's so sick." It fucking is, God. man. You know, he. I grew up a fan of those movies. You know, as a kid, yeah. like Star Wars came out in '77. I was eight, so you got to know that that was a crazy impression on me. Yeah. I grew up loving Godzilla and all these, and he did too. So I'm like, I'm the one putting him on. Star Wars, Godzilla, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. and um, funny story, you know, he was he was real young when Jurassic Park came out. And that was back when you could still go to a drive-in. I, think I saw it at a drive-in in 93. Last yeah. day you can go to a drive-in. So we take him to see Jurassic Park at the drive-in. And, you know, he's he's probably four, three, four years old we in the same kind of car that's in the movie you know they in a uh expedition or something you know what i mean eddie bauer whatever they are <laughs> we in the same car same color green and uh we watching the movie and when the dinosaurs start to trip out he's looking around he's seeing these trees and he's seeing <laughs> and you know he was just like drive daddy drive drive must go faster must You're go like, faster what? What? Drive. He's like, oh you ready God. to leave? Yeah, drive. <laughs> oh, I guess we leaving. We just left uh, the movie right there and I had to go. You know, he, he, that's he got, the kind of shit he got too real for. in the field for him. <laughs> um, so, you know, long story short, he um, now he's in these movies. You know, yeah, he's yeah. calling me like, yeah. man, this is Godzilla skin. Uh, you know, he's like, man, I, I just, uh, he hit me. He said, he said, we're on the, he said, we're flying through the galaxy right now. I have a young Princess Leia on my ship yeah. with Dark Vader chasing us. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. dude, you living the life, dude. You living the life. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Just watched that episode last night. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's yeah. incredible. What's, uh, what's a movie or a script that you passed on that you wish you didn't? Um... I would say menace to society. Oh, that's yeah. a big one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I had a shot to do Old Dog. Even though I think Lorenz Tate killed it, mm. I just didn't want to be typecast. Yeah, You know what I mean? I was like, just did Boys in the Hood. They, they, they just gonna have me the LA gangbanger, you know, every damn movie, you know? And that was like the second movie I got offered. So I was like, man, I don't want to play that. And then I ended up doing Trespass with with Ice-T and play Savon, which was a crazy-ass, you know, St. Louis gangbanging. I'm like, damn, <laughs> you know, I got to get out of here. You know what I'm saying? So that was one movie that when I saw it, I was like, ooh, that role was cold. I, I got to say, your comedy roles – They've been great. 21 Jump Street oh, is yeah. one of my favorite oh, yeah. roles. Yeah. That's one of the funniest roles and characters is that guy in 21 Jump Street. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Dixon. 
Captain <laughs> Dixon, yeah. I just wanted to be, we grew up watching, you know, black mad sergeants and shit in yeah. every damn show. It's mad sergeant. I'm like, I want to be the maddest and the craziest. Like Korean I want to be up there. Time for your problems. Yeah. yeah. Is it is it bad that I like I love your music so much? But when they told us Ice Cube was coming on, my first thought was stop fucking with Korean Jesus. He's got Korean shit to worry about. Korean shit to worry about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's cool. You know, that's what it's all about, man. You know, um, I I love to laugh. You know, some of my friends are the funniest people I know, and they keep me laughing. We always thinking of crazy stuff. You know, me and DJ Pooh, we doing music together, but we also in the studio, like, looking at Hollywood Shuffle, In Living Color, just mm. laughing, thinking of skits and shit, doing crazy videos, you know. Um, and so comedy has always been a part of my life, you know, just as much as anything else. And so to be able to, to get in movies and actually produce comedies, you know, it's cool when you make a comedy that makes comedians laugh. You know what I'm saying? So it let you know, okay, I'm on par with y'all in a in a lot of different ways. You mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Dude, this has been absolutely an honor, Cube. Uh, we can't thank enough for taking the time out. Uh, everybody, please go check out the Big Three. It's coming everywhere. Where's the next spot we can find the Big Three at? Right here Live. in Chicago, yeah, baby. Back this weekend. Yeah, we back baby. this weekend. Um, you know what I mean? We at the Credit One Union Arena. Or center or it's UIC Pavilion. Yeah. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. Come on through. We there Saturday and Sunday. Uh, bring the kids, an affordable ticket. You know what I mean. Um, and a lot of fun and and some great hoops. And look, if you can't come, check us out on CBS, or check us out on DAZN, Vire TV, or the Big Three YouTube channel. Uh, we appreciate the support. We're a young league, so we need all the support. And uh, we're trying to grow, you know, the NBA. Um, the finals is just the beginning for us. So that's over. Now it's time to get into the big three. Speaking of the NBA, what's wrong with your Lakers, man? Um, the Lakers will be all right. You know, they – it happens, you know. I've seen this happen where we – Bring in too many superstars at the same time. Too many cooks in the kitchen. Your man, your man Gary yeah. Payton. Carl Malone. GP Carl Malone, yeah. Uh, so, you know, it happens. Even if they played another year together, I think they would do way better than they did this year, you know, even go deep into the playoffs. I don't think you could get worse. I don't think <laughs> so either. So I'm, a, know, I'm a Boston guy. Yeah. I, I wanted to wait till the end to tell you this. I have – Burning, burning question. I always ask Laker fans. Come with it. Why do you guys claim to have 17 championships when you've only won 11 in L.A.? Ooh. Because the Lakers is uh, it's the same organization. I know, but it's, you really count those champion. six from Minneapolis? Yeah, I do. Why Why wouldn't I? <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's the same Laker organization. They are a championship organization that moved to Los Angeles. Can I ask you a question? Fire away. Why do you guys celebrate the one ring dynasty? <laughs> <laughs> you know Come, what? You know what? That's as a big three. That's my beef with Doc Rivers, man. Every I know he's a nice guy, great guy, but he blew 
I mean, they should have won three out of four. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Don't talk to me about Doc Rivers. I got the Doc Rivers problem now. And you guys run around like they, you know, won like uh, Russell and <laughs> check or something, man. I know, you're right. Shoulda, shoulda, coulda. Woulda. You're right. Oh, man. Uh, Cube, I do have one last question. I skipped this for some reason. Did you see the Rolling Stone Top 200 Rap Albums list? I forgot no. to bring this up, too. Oh, my God. You know. Puke all okay, over so desk. your first record that would be on there, so it's the top 200 of all time, where would you assume you would come in at with between NWA and Ice Cube? It's the Rolling Stones. Who knows? Yeah, I don't <laughs> yeah, much that's the what, right what, answer. What, 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 what number dude, was it? NWA was 49. It's, just, <laughs> it's, it's unbelievable, man. And America's yeah. Most Wanted was 58. Trash. Oh, wow. Trash. You know, they also said that we're in the golden era of hip hop right now. Oh, get out of here. What? No, the golden era was <laughs> definitely a, the 90s. Um, without a doubt, right? And you know what they say about opinions? Everyone has one. They're like assholes. Mm-hmm. Everyone <laughs> has one and they all stink. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. And that's how we're wrapping this shit up, dude. Ice Cube, thank you so much for being here today, man. Your seat is always welcome. Come back whenever. Thank you so much for being here, man. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate y'all, man. Great show. Big three. Swaggy Pete, cause we taking the summer and displaying the best.